welcome everyone today is the last lecture of this module on synthesis of yoga today's topic is realizing the super mind the summit of sri aurobindo's sadhana and we have alokda with us i would request alokda to take all through this session namaste alokda namaste uh, the topic is realizing the super mind the summit of sri aurobindo's yoga and though it is the last module of the synthesis of yoga um i would uh, by the very necessity of the subject have to go beyond because as we know in sh- um, the synthesis at some point of time uh, as shurbindo started describing the supermind the supramental thought the supramental sense the supramental vision and then he um, he gave a halt to it so uh but subsequently uh, in fact in 1920 there is a letter of uh, shurbindo to uh, barinda that um, after 10 years of sadhana i am beginning to rise into the first levels of the supermind so a lot came later on and especially the whole thing changed post 1956 so we have to keep that into mind and then look at the whole process uh one way to look at um, the supramental is that it's the newest of the new and which is true because in the manifestation for the first time uh, the supramental manifestation has started operating and hence many things have changed the very process of sadhana has changed as a starter what it means is that uh, well the initial process of ascending layer by layer and then reaching the supermind um, when mother was asked about it she said yes some people will go through these stages sometimes so compressed that they won't even realize that they have gone through this staircase uh, and then she also said that but because the supermind is now supramental consciousness the supramental force is working so we cannot fix it to one particular method because by its nature it is freedom and infinity so it's not necessary that it will go through this stage that stage because now it's like that power has come towards which these steps were climbing up so many things change subsequently to that so this is one aspect that we have to keep in mind in synthesis of yoga we see that ascension towards the supermind and of course shubhendra speaks about the changes that would happen what would be the supramental thought what would be the supramental sense and towards the supramental time vision which is an amazing um, you know talk because is the play of the timeless in time or the play of the eternal in time time has to tune itself to the rhythms of the eternal which is a very fascinating subject but let's um, you know because the subject is realizing so let's speak about it in more practical terms uh, in a nutshell if one were to ask what is the supermind uh, very simply it is the creator which is which may sound very strange mother once said he used the word supramental because it's above the mind but essentially it's the creator meaning thereby that when the supreme lord decides to create takes the decision he leans and based on that truth which is the bedrock of everything he lets forth forces and energies and powers and the great gods many aspects come up and the jivatmas all come simultaneously and then they lean towards the manifestation in space and time so in one simple word it is the creator the supreme as the creator and this has two aspects as we know the creator as the truth which is the bedrock of all existence satyam that which is the bedrock and he is not just satyam he is vrahatam he is ritam so this was the the mahas the bhuma that's the term used in the vedas 
that's the truth as bedrock of existence but also truth in its dynamic impulsion so that's where we see the the rays coming down upon earth and uh, giving it the impulsions of truth awakening things to their hidden possibilities so this is the original sense of the supermind now this creator is not only above as some religions uh, try to say uh, this creator is also hidden in the depths of matter so there is the involved supermind it is the creator himself who has taken a plunge and entered into creation which we see in the purushukta it is he who has become this creation but put on veils after veils because uh, creation is meant to manifest him and uh, it's impossible to manifest unless the uh, objects through which he has to manifest are ready to receive it without melting without dissolving away this was the big challenge for which he had to plunge himself into entire night inconscient so that step by step the preparation can take place so the supermind is not only above it is involved right into the inconscient this is the second aspect at the same time the third important aspect is this there in the vedas where else the supermind is there through which we can glimpse him and from there we can start the journey because the journey from the involved supermind has taken now um, six pralayas to reach this point so there have been successive efforts the mountains the rivers the star the galaxies and then plant life animal life um, human life and in human life finally there was a stage when human beings were ready enough to receive something of that light so they were rishis from the higher planes who descended they were not from supermind but higher planes who descended and took hold of the human mental consciousness and they said well that's our goal so it's the original divine project and in the beginning we see some of these vedic rishis speaking about it that they are the home of truth their mind could conceive the presence of the bhuma of the mahas a consciousness which is truth which is satyam which is vast and which is rhythm which is moved by the impulsions of the truth so they gave us a kind of blueprint project map so the project started when the vedic rishis and even the vedic rishis speak of the forefathers so you know there was a stage when humanity did at some point conceive that this is where we have to reach but after that initial conception we see the vedic yoga which uh, uh, of course shurbindo recovered it for mankind it was lost uh, in the maze of semantics and pedagogy and you know all kinds of things so shurbindo recovered the vedic yoga and we see what a fascinating vast and complex path they were taking and it was a complex path taken through the help of they were literally like men climbing you know you ever see people who climb on rocks so there are no real footholds so they put some nails and they catch and they climb they catch and they climb and here they were gods assisting them one step then another step then another step then another step like that through the gods they were trying to reach and where did they reach they reached what what is called as um, Uh, the heavens of the supramental or uh, the swarlok now swarlok is not supermind but it is formed by the rays of the sun supramental sun in savitri the perf- you have, we have a very beautiful description of this swarlok where these uh, rishis could ascend it's in the heavens of the ideal so heavens of the ideal is the swarlok where uh, people went not swarga but swar which comes from the sun the rays and this was the highest beatitude they could go but they saw that there is something still beyond and they wanted to go there but well mankind was not ready as we understand and so the project it was never abandoned but it went into the background and a long preparation followed the age of the upanishads so what happened in the age of the upanishads was that they this vedic 
Rishi's project was too vast and too complex. They did not want to leave any aspect of life. And this is the relevance to what we are going to share now. So they were in every way, if you really read the Vedic lore, there is not one aspect of life which they tried to leave untouched. But when the Upanishadic age came, then, uh, you know, it was too vast, too complex, and it was not the intuitive spiritual age of mankind, but the intellectual age. So they wanted to formulate it more in terms of the intellect. And it was far more convenient to bring out some kind of an essence. So, you know, we see in the Ishupanishad still the truth of that uh, integral realization or attempt, effort at an integral realization persists. But later on, because they tried to catch the essence. So sometimes what happens when we take the essence, we keep the essence, but much that is also connected to it is thrown out. So later on when we see the Kain Upanishad, we see the Mundak Upanishad, the tendency towards an otherworldliness to realize the creator, but not in the manifestation. So we see this other tendency through the age of the Upanishad started and went on further and further. So the division came up between Karm Kand and the Gyan Kand. And then subsequently we see once again Sri Krishna coming and setting the things right, leading men onto the wide path of the Karma Yoga. That you know, through this is there in the Isha Upanishad. But eventually he once again reminded us that it is through this you have to move. And at least in three places in the Gita, he knocks on the doors of the supermind. Most beautifully, when toward the grand culmination, he says, Sarva Dharman Parityaja Mamekam Shanam Raja. So it's a grand culmination beyond sin, evil, sorrow, suffering, grief. Just give yourself completely this surrender, which is the first step of the supramental realization. That's how Shubhindu says. Surrender to the divine and infinite mother is the beginning. Without it, it's impossible to even um, think that one can, you know, realize the supermind. So this is how the journey went on right up to this time. And after the age of the Gita, mankind little more chastened, little more wider and wiser. And uh, another good thing which has happened with in humanity subsequently is that it has become, they, the aspiration of mankind has become more collective. So it's more ready for the supramental realization. Because by its very nature, it's not something which is individual. The mother and, because then there is again this tendency of otherworldliness. And the mother so beautifully, uh, she shares this experience that when Shurabinda and myself, with, we, we decided to go on this venture. So it was, should we go alone and first realize the supramental and then come back and give to people, which meant that, you know, for a time they just withdraw and realize and then come back. And the other was that we embrace everything as life comes and we carry everything together. An integral movement towards the truth. And then she says the choice was um, uh, spontaneous and they started embracing all life. So the movement of supramental realization is not the way we normally conceive a typical yoga where one withdraws from life, enters into a cave and then we will understand how this ashram has been organized. This ashram which is meant to be the first pedestal or a camp or a seed plot, whatever one may call it, for the supramental realization is many faceted. And subsequently after 1950s, even more so. So it has everything in it which uh, it, it's like a little laboratory where all kinds of sample possibilities of life. Whether it be business, whether it be physical education, whether it be school, whether it be intellectual activities, poetry, music, dance, drama. Um, everything is there represented. Because uh, this is a place uh, which 
represents that realization. So first thing is, supramental realization is an all-embracing realization. Makes it very, very difficult. But at the same time, if we get the right aspect of it, then it becomes very easy. Eventually, in the beginning, it seems almost impossible because of a strong stamp of the ascetic nature in our mind. We try to withdraw from life and realize God. Later on, we'll see. Especially because Shurvindo said, uh, first thing needful is to realize the divine. Yes, but this realization of the divine also was not meant to be by withdrawing into seclusion. Uh, that's why the best way to enter into this yoga was through the Gita's yoga, where you realize the divine, but through the wide path of karma. Not just karma, but karma, jnana, bhakti, triveni. Now, this is the background. So, obviously the involved supermind has carried this journey, pushing from below. And as matter became ready, it started taking higher and higher layers of consciousness. Till we have reached this point, till mankind reached a point where using the human mind as a springboard, it could reach up to the overmind and see what dazzling splendor there is and called it God. And that's how, you know, the age of the gods with the gods sitting um, on the head, um, you know, great gods sitting together. And that's how mankind could reach. But now we have to take the next leap. So what is the process? What is the way? So first thing we need to when uh, understand is that there is a door through which we can glimpse the supermind. Mother says something very beautifully. Now it is there. It is much closer. It is there in the earth atmosphere. So we want to take a glimpse. People often ask that, okay, it's all very nice theory, wonderful. How can we have a glimpse? She said, my child, if you just make a little effort to come out of the ego. And she literally uses the word little effort. She says, if you just break open, open up a tiniest part in the mind or the vital. Just a little bit. Trying to surpass the ego, you will have a glimpse. And then she says, if you want a proper glimpse, then through the psychic door, you can glimpse the supramental world. Only glimpse. It's not a realization. It's not even in the right sense experience, but one can glimpse. This is there in uh, her later conversations, 57, 58, which are um, under volume 3, under the section on Dhammapada. She says that through the psychic, you can have a glimpse of the supermind. Why? Because the creator is here, right here. So that's the door. And he's pushing now the psychic toward this new realization. That's how we have to see that right now he was uh, hidden by the veils of the yoga maya. Now he has stepped into the front and he is pushing the psychic towards uh, um, self-exceeding. And so the impulse that has caught hold of mankind is progress. So wherever there is an urge for progress and self-mastery, there this movement is active. Even a little effort at self-mastery. When mother was asked, there would be intermediate stages. She said, yes, many, uh, like between animal and man, there were at least nine intermediate stages. Nine which we know of. There may have been many more. She says, there are likely to be many more between man and the supramental being. And um, what these stages will be, that also she describes. She says, how the supermind will work. She says, it will work upon a part, let's say on the mind. And initially you'll have experiences which will come and go, come and go, come and go. Then a time will come when these are reversal. So in that portion, maybe a part of the mind, it is now stabilized. So can we rest and relax? No. No rest and relaxation for the embodied soul. So because rest and relaxation actually in a certain sense is death. Unless we know how to relax in the divine. So then what happens? Because it drags towards tamas. So then what happens? The working will start on another part. On the heart or 
you know the intense working will start heart will open up initially it will be very difficult to maintain you know these energies which will emerge and then slowly after a while it will get stabilized then it will begin to work upon the uh, you know the lower vital and the vital centers the ambition drives desires all these things after some time a long battle she says it may take years sometime many 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 years maybe lifetime and then that will some portion which is ready will get transformed and in the box <laughs> ready to be like then working on the body so there'll be many as a consequence there'll be many many subtypes subtypes of a superhumanity if i may use the word and which will slowly over a period of time as in savitri we are reading then all earth become a single plan and this is a project which is a long project meaning thereby we have to be armed with tremendous patience and perseverance how much patience and perseverance as the creator <laughs> because look at the creator you know it gives a very beautiful attitude inside look at the creator six pralayas and he is still continuing to labor we are like those people who you know when as children we used to play so there are two types of children one of them if they see they are losing a game they just throw away the board bandus that's what it was called in hindi this is or you know when they are playing cricket children so the boy who gets the bat and ball and you know he sees that he is not doing well he would say i am taking my bat ball and everything that's not the attitude one has to have the patience and perseverance of the creator where will it come from it will come if we have complete and absolute trust and surrender in the divine mother once we understand that it is her project see the ego says it's my project i have to become supramental this is the wrong non starter in fact it is the divine who wants to make his own creation supramental it is in his interest if he want to put it like that he wants to divinize it so what is our role she says open yourself and how are we going to open well what closes us if we know then we will know what will unlock us what has shut us inside these small little holes uh, or cells it is the ego and how does ego operate oh ego is a big word so ego operates by creating this sense of self not self so therefore it be become narrow so it starts with my name my surname my village identity kul devta my this identity gram devta my surname identity my this hundred identities if we were to really make a visiting card with all our identities god knows what will happen and then on top of it we have new identities mbbs md dm this that hundred identity author writer all these are all things which actually trap us we don't realize it whereas we have to open the prison so first step is to try to step out of the ego boundaries Oh, ego boundaries it's easy to understand at uh, one level which is uh, egoism crude egoism uh, but it's very difficult to understand that uh, the ego boundaries are much more in the mind opinions beliefs systems theories philosophies hundred things religious belief systems so in one of our earliest essays or talks which is now available as an essay Uh, on the road to supermanhood she says who will be the pioneers of the new race so she says those will be indifferent to beliefs but they will believe in only one thing the essential spiritual conversion of mankind see the little difference i may be indifferent to beliefs and uh, like the left liberals say everything is okay no it is indifferent to belief systems in which humanity is imprisoned 
But what one has to believe in that man must progress higher. It must go beyond that little uh, hole in which it is trapped towards something higher. Now this in the mind we are trapped by various kinds of opinions, um, you know, uh, systems and theories and philosophies. So we must understand these are devices, contrivances. They are not absolute truths. If it helps, fine. Mother would say if it helps you to believe it, Take it like that. But truth is something still beyond. And the second at the level of the heart, how does this ego system operate? This is me and mine. Preferential interest in some people, etc., etc. So this again cabins our heart. So normally this is our operating system. Desires, they again imprison us. So this is our operating system. So how are we going to really live life when it goes away? So the second route, the mother says, is quiet in the mind. Supermind is right there. As we said, there are three levels at which we find it. One, its original home of truth. The second, it's below involved supermind that only the divine can handle that. And the third is in the heart cave. But if we quieten the mind, make it silent, quiet, at least calm, then the supermind begins to get reflected into the mind. That's what she has said. Which means the first thing that will happen is a mind of light, which is already there upon earth. And even much before that, an intuitive mind will begin to develop. With new faculties beginning to be born in man, inspiration, revelation, all those things which Vedic Rishi spoke about as great goddesses, Ila, Mahi, Saraswati, Sarma, um, all these will begin to dakshina. They will be start manifesting through a mind which has become progressively quiet. So quietening the mind is one of the fundamental things so that intuition can act. So what will intuition do? It will tell us about what is to be done and in which way. So she described very beautifully that how does a human being evolve out of the animal humanity? How does a human human evolve? He says by uh, the mind mastering the Vital impulses makes a humanity, a moral man. So how will the superhumanity evolve? By the intuition, mastering even the mental, moral, ethical other standpoints. Now this intuition is will show us what is the law of truth at a given point of time. It cannot be defined. The moment we define it, it loses its value. The moment we make a dogma out of it, it loses its sense. To each one, if we are sincere, it will begin to start showing up. That what is to be done in a given situation. So it is a trans-moral, trans-social, uh, trans-liberal, <laughs> trans-all uh, these standpoints through which we act, all the standards of conduct. So when the intuition begins to give us the new standard of conduct, which we don't know now. Now we either move by desires or we are moved by certain fixed social standards and religious standards and moral percepts. So they are going to go away in, in its place. Intuition is going to replace it and new standards will evolve. We already see it happening incidentally. Uh, something newer, something deeper, something truer, something nobler. There are human beings who are engaging with that. So this is the second aspect to quieten the mind. Uh, of course, to find the psychic being is the royal road toward the supramental uh, realization because ultimately it is by pressing upon the psychic being. It is this, like when we look at the triple soul forces, all these three gunas which have come out. Now it is the psychic being which will bring out or manifest as the supramental being. So this is the royal door and that's why the first thing in the yoga to realize the supermind 
even before speaking about it, is to realize the psychic being within. For that, several things Mother and Shirobin they have written. It's the easiest, the nearest, the closest to go deep into the heart, to have love and bhakti, faith, surrender into the on the divine, and to try to govern our actions from this core of the heart, to live for the divine presence within us and not for any outer gains, outer things. So this is the first fundamental realization. I am not going into it detail because it is a vast subject. The second is to thin the veil, this mind which is holding us in a prison. So the first prison was these belief systems. The second prison, which is still harder, uh, several layers of locks nature has designed because it has to keep the species moving within a limit. If very early the mental lid is blown off, then as Savitri says, the problem will be, men will be even as the gods. So they will be khalbali all around the gods. <laughs> I mean, they will be kind of upsetting a balance. Imagine that human beings have a kind of power which the gods right now enjoy. But they also want human beings to give it. But they want to, they have their own method and mechanism. They check and test as we find in the Vedas that you know the same God when you reach that status will check and test. But right now we have something unique and it is the Divine Mother's grace. So what happens is that when the mind becomes quiet, uh, we will see the locks. Locks are doubt. Number one lock, very difficult. Is there really a super mind? Is there? That's why it's called as a leap of faith. No amount of argument, discussion, is it there, is it not, I want to prove it, I want somebody else to prove it. First of all, somebody else's proof doesn't work. A whole world may come and tell me outside, it is night or day. But sitting inside my room, if I want to doubt it, I will continue to doubt it. Doubt it. Especially if I am in a little hole. And one falls into the hole through the ego. That's the trap door. It can take us right into the hole. So... Uh, quietening the mind is one of the fundamental ways. Now, how to quieten the mind? Very simple. Um, bring it in contact with something vast and infinite. You know, I, uh, I take the example of the aha experience. So, when people are going to the mountains, I'm sure people have experienced this. So, when you are going through all the various scenes and sights, and oh, this is so nice, this hill is so nice, so there is a stall where one can have tea, and all this is going on. Suddenly you reach a point where you see the hills emerging out of, you know. So what is that experience? Oh my God, wow. After that people don't speak much. Because that beauty is so enthralling. Or another example. And that uh, example in a completely cacophonic state. Uh, which is marriages. The worst places ever to go in life. Uh, uh, sorry. But <laughs> so they become absolutely outdated. So as you go there, all this chaos going on with you know dress show and uh, food and all. Everybody is discussing everybody and complaining about everybody and everybody is gossiping about somebody or the other people who may be present. Uh, gossip is going on, and then suddenly they say, "Okay, the bride and the bridegroom are coming." Now they are coming in the best of attire, and suddenly for some time they are transfixed. Everybody stops whatever they are doing and they turn their attention. At least they are supposed to. It's a different thing that people have become so insensitive that they carry on with their activities. So this kind of a contact with something which is vast and infinite automatically hushes the mind. There is a very beautiful line in Savitri, the mind hushed by the bright omniscience. 
So how are we going to find that vastness? Very simple. For us, we are so fortunate, an embodiment of that vastness. And what that is that embodiment of that vastness is the Divine Mother. Otherwise, we can conceive. It's true that if, if we practice a kind of meditation where, um, supposing we start imagining endless time, it can quieten the mind. There is no doubt about it. Or we conceive as, where, is, uh, where are these stars expanding? I mean, where is space expanding? Space is supposed to be Brahmand. It is this uh, elliptical something with boundaries. But it is expanding. So where is it expanding? Space is expanding into what space? How much can it expand? So if we try for a few minutes to have that, the mind becomes quiet. Looking at these stars, the mind can become quiet. Imagining the ocean, the mind can become quiet. Ergo, only for some time. So that is the problem. But loving the mother, after some time, you discover, what a fool I was, that I was letting this monkey play that game, when right there, she is there to hold, to quieten and the very presence of the Divine Mother. See, lot of things that stir the mind are useless agitation, surface thoughts, restless things. The Mother says one of the diseases that will be cured by the supermind, not in these words but says in this context, she says this is boredom. What is boredom? Restlessness of the mind. It wants some object. Because mind is like that. And a lot of stupidity is it's commits because it just doesn't have an object. So it creates imaginary objects <laughs> by the power of imagination. But when it is in contact with the Divine Mother, she becomes the object and the subject. So to meditate upon the Divine Mother, to think about the Divine Mother, to surrender to the Divine Mother, that is exactly what Sri says. That this path starts with surrender. It proceeds by progressive surrender. It culminates with a grand surrender. And what better example of this but Shurabindo? You see, this in the Vedas, Yajna is a term also used for the, the Deva. The God himself is Yajna. And Shurabindo is the Yajna Purush. He is also the, the priest of the sacrifice. He is also what is being sacrificed. And he is the flames of the sacrifice. And we see that that's the life Shurabindo led. Even to that extent that what we call as his passing was nothing else but the last holocaust where complete sacrifice so that this creation can become divine. That is the attitude. Supermind cannot be realized by any uh, attitude where I want to become supramental. Shubhinda said very clearly, it's a nothing but aggrandizement. The ego enjoys such things and especially, you know, what is your experience? So I am at higher mind, your I am at illumined mind as if we are talking about some, you know, a train going and stopping at places. The only one thing which one has to ask on this path is how much I have surrendered to the Divine Mother, how much I have given to her, how much I have consecrated to her. When Mother was asked, how is the supermind to be realized? This is the actual question which was asked to her. She says, don't you people know? You have not read Shurabindo. So now people are looking here and there. Said, he has written everything. Why haven't you read it? And then, you know, people are looking that mother, okay, now, you know, you please tell us. He's, then she said, it's written in the Rig Veda as a footnote. So what has he written? So the footnote is with reference to uh, the, I think, the um, fourth mandala of the Rig Veda or the fourth hymn of the fifth mandala in the Rig Veda. So what does it say? It says that 
um it doesn't use the word supermind she explains that you know it doesn't say, uses the word but it says that by the divine will the pressure of the divine will so it is the divine will that will create and then she says don't you know that you can't create a supramental being you have to give yourself to the divine will so all these elementary practices nishkam karma now you see how shri krishna prepared us for that tuning our will to the divine will having no preferences desires but trying to live for the divine will may i think what the divine wants me to think may i feel what he wants me to feel truth feeling truth audition truth vision may i do what the divine wants me to do may my entire life be as shobindra said beautifully in durga stroth anavichinna durga puja it should be a constant sacrifice and worship of the eternal so this sacrifice to the divine mother constantly sacrifice in the most beautiful sense not like sacrifice with oh my god divine mother i have to do this sacrifice it's not a sacrifice it's not accepted by the divine even a good sensible human being noble human being if you tell him i want to give this to you but you know what it is paining me but i'll give to you a noble human being will outright reject that he will say please keep it with yourself because sacrifice by its very nature is a joyous act the moment you do it with pain that's not what the divine he, even if he takes it he will first teach you what it means to give to give to the divine is not easy it's not like going and getting our hair cut in uh, some nice place and feeling great about it it's not like parting a gift and remembering it you know how much i have offered mother says if you remember what you have offered and given then in one stroke you have finished it so it is a giving which is full of joy and why not we are giving it to one to whom it actually belonged so then the whole attitude must change that what i am carrying with me all the faculties given to me thought feeling sense will action everything is a gift of grace nothing belongs to me so one it approaches nothing belongs to me so it doesn't matter only eternal is truth no nothing belongs to me but everything belongs to the lord so let everything be used to serve it is not easy because insincerities are there distractions are there the vital is there to start playing its game the mind is there with its monkey tricks but nothing belongs to me but everything to the divine and therefore the way this this giving which starts the journey culminates one day in saying ye len den kya karna hai how much you know what has been given you take me entirely take me completely into your yagna and then the real real truth shines because then these codes are made ready for the divine disclosure their super mind is there it's right there i mean she says that it's like the new world is right like a little lining by the old world but we cling to the old world and every time it puts a little pressure we go even inside we throw up doubts so the second thing she says is that the more intense the supramental working starts on an individual when he start this process of surrender aspiration the more the resistance arises up this is the second as, uh, interesting aspect of the process so it's like in the beginning it sounds so so beautiful so wonderful all that i have to do is surrender to the divine mother that's what shubhendra says that this yoga in terms of the realization it looks the most difficult of anything that one has ever tried in fact he says the boon we have asked from the supreme is the highest that man can ever ask but then he says in terms of its method it is the easiest of all 
So what is required? He says two things. And if you look at it, it exactly connects with that faith and will and surrender of the ego with all its apparatus to that which is beyond ego. In synthesis, uses the word beyond ego. Later on, uses the word divine shakti, four aspects of the divine shakti. And subsequently, he directly says, because to open to the divine shakti, we don't even conceive. So the divine mother as an embodiment of the divine shakti, the avatar. So all that is needed is that. And by this progressive offering, we see as we begin to offer, now these hidden resistances come up. Why? Because right now they were hiding, they were having a field play. Now they know, my days have also come. My days are numbered. So they start putting a tough resistance. So the mother says, people get hypnotized by the defects, big or small defects. She says, that is the problem. And then she says, my child, you must be wondering why I am saying so. She says, because you don't have a belief in, gra- belief in grace. So these resistances will come up. So what is to be done? She says, have faith in the grace, have the patience, go with endurance and eventually all this will clear up. At one place she has said, if you just keep open to the grace, with faith in the grace, you will find that eventually whatever be the difficulties and the obstacles, they will clear up. At some point, human beings give up. And that's where death takes over. But till we do not give up, it is love that is operating in us. Love that is the supreme bridge between what we are and what we can be. Then, faith and will. The constant thought and with shraddha, not just we are willing, but uh, um, with a shraddha. That, oh, we want, how beautiful if, uh, you know, we could become divine channels, divine instrument, divine children of the divine mother, consciously divine. And simultaneously, there is a line in Savitri, fifth columnist. You see, what is this fifth columnist? There is another word he uses, subterfuges. There is a little voice from below saying, ah, this, how can it be? Look at yourself, you are such a fool. You couldn't even properly do anything in life. You are simply a jack of all trades, not realizing a jack of all trades is the right candidate for supermanhood. Because he is wide and plastic. Two things that the mother so much stresses upon. Wideness, plasticity and the third is equanimity. What is the role of ascetic practices? She says they make you rigid. They have no meaning at all. And all these moral notions we carry in the head. What is needed is wideness because it is vrahatam towards which we are going. We can't approach the supermind by becoming narrow and dogmatic, try to make a religion out of supermind. This is the supramental way and no other. At one point she says even this, that yes, what you have understood and spoken about is good for you. But don't think it is the only way people can approach. People can approach in hundred ways. Who knows? A person just quietly offering flower at the samadhi is nearer to God than someone who is giving lectures all around. Who knows? We don't know. Once we admit that we don't know, then we are very safe because we are we inculcate a tremendous quality needed on the path which is humility. Humility, vigilance, sincerity are the safeguards. Humility, especially Mother has said, is the safeguard on the way. But humility has nothing to do with human beings. It has to do with the divine. That you alone know. How do I know about myself? Why should I judge myself? Leave aside judging others, which is the most dangerous preoccupation. So what we have to do is, whatever we are, 
offer it at her feet and know that the grace is omnipotent there is nothing impossible to the grace these are not my words they are mother's words that once human beings believe it she goes on to say something still further she says you see this faith and will are very interesting that we are constantly willing something with full faith then uh, this willing always aspiration all the time is very difficult for human nature so she says you know she is looking at the future and in a prophetic vein she says now that the super mind is active uh, you will see different things happening in humanity one layer which will evolve into a higher humanity one layer which is ready to make all the sacrifices which will be taken up into the new creation the higher humanity is becoming ready to be integrated with the higher and then there is a abortive kind of humanity which was an abortive attempt of the uh, of nature to create man out of animal so all that it managed was to drop away the tail and the you know canines and the um, what is it called the fur sorry and the nails all this it managed to do but man inside remained the animal like bhartari is niti shatakam so nature sees and says okay and this kind of a human animal doesn't eat grass though sometimes it can be a vegetarian also so what she intends to do with this humanity is it is bound to collapse after saying this she says but to give you courage and hope and then she says certain prophets had foreseen it so they speak about being redeemed by faith so those who simply have faith that the divine took a human body he sacrificed himself in matter to redeem mankind faith is different from belief belief is a system of thought but faith that springs from the depths of the heart that yes mother and shirbindo are there you know uh, people often ask um, long time i had been to a relic center so there was a talk to be given on relics i said uh, you know what my feeling was because we had got the relics at night next day the installation was there i said when i went to sleep all that i remembered is shirbindo is here and then when you sleep life is so beautiful to sleep every day with this idea mother is there she is watching over us she is everywhere i am aware of that she is everywhere but it becomes so simple uh, we can create that atmosphere in matter in material terms and it's so beautiful you see one of the things about champaklal ji is rome i was so surprised you see uh, he is living in shirbindo's room all the relics everything is with him but still you will see his room surrounded by mother's pictures it's so beautiful so this thing to be surrounded by her presence to know that she is there she is watching over us even a human mother does not let leave the child ever abandoned you know the story bahubali part 2 she is drowning a part 1 i don't know she is drowning but she hold the child up it's one of the most touching scenes in the movie because it's a truth of creation she drowns but hold the child up so this is the divine mother does that she, of course she won't drown that way but yes she would enter into the deepest depths but hold us up so to just have faith that she is the divine mother she is carrying us and she will hold us through the journey is enough to redeem that part of mankind which has fallen into this 
And along with that, as I said, plasticity. The super mind is not going to act according to our idea of how it should act. She says the problem is we still think it's mind because it is super mind. <laughs> it can act in its ways. Wherever there is an opening to the new creation, it will act. It doesn't care whether somebody has belief or not belief. It will make one compel one to open to the divine because it sees that here is a possibility. How did mind manifest in the animal world? It was not picking up this orangutan or that particular gorilla. Wherever there was readiness, it started expressing itself. So the super mind is not going to act according to our mental ideas. It may not even be this group or that group. Any group life which is open, any individual which is open, he may not even know that the super mind exists. And yet it may see here is a person who is strong and white and plastic. And suddenly when the conversion takes place, within a short time this person turns. And there have been so many instances in the ashram life and many of us ourselves have experienced. I mean, I myself was an agnostic. And how the divine touches and everything changes. So, one thing we must understand that plasticity. Nor can we fix it always to act in a certain way. In our life, if it acts in a certain way, we say very nicely. When I used to come here earlier, then you know, this used to be a common practice. And we would say, oh, it was so nice. I just wanted to eat cholas. And today in dining room, there were cholas. So happy. Small little things. Na, that ah, I thought of, um, what is chola called in English? Kabuli chana, whatever it is. So, uh, anyways, everybody understands. Uh, so, uh, that day in dining room, there was chola. I wanted this and it came so wonderful. After some time, divine... Without asking yourself, Thoda rule badalne? <laughs> Shall I change the rules of the game? Your soul says yes. Our mind doesn't hear it. And then whatever you want, he says, okay, this I'll take away. <laughs> then he says, what you desire, you will not get. And it's nothing to do with what you deserve, you will get. That Please don't put that. What you desire, you will not get. When you are freed from desire, then if the divine feels this is how it should be, then wills and you will get it. The moment you desire, it's taken away. So you see, there is no fixed rules in the game. People try to make fixed rules. They get very impressed. Oh, such a such person meditates for four hours. You know, I've seen him sitting at the samadhi, near the samadhi, by the pillar, bolt. Sometimes, you know, we are very impressed. Somebody reading book and giving big talks. Oh my God, he is very close to the super mind. We don't know what's going on inside. Whereas a person casually walking by, you know, I know a person who came to the ashram as a 17-year-old and he ran away from home. So 17-year-old running away from home and sitting outside. Hey, don't, he was wearing all kinds of clothes, you know, what to do. He was, no, no, mother will not see you. You 17-year-old, you cannot be uh, taken in the ashram. Before he, this poor boy is in tears, mother sends somebody out. She has known, call this fellow who is waiting outside, call him in. He's still alive, so I won't take his name. He himself told me the story. And she said, you work in the gardens. It's amazing how she would work. There's no fixed format at all. Another very fascinating story for the uh, you know strict moralists. So a teacher and a student came, a man and a woman. And 
they came the the lady came because the teacher was uh, turned and the teacher when he wrote to the mother he said that this girl is so much open uh, you know she also wants to come into the ash, to the ashram and she said yes so they came here so now the teacher has got the official permission but the student also has a permission this again story first hand so he they have to get a place and uh, whoever was the secretary gave them that you know you can go and stay there so this lady also started going there no you can't go that's not allowed she said okay how <laughs> now she all her life she depended on i mean whether good or bad whatever it be then she said you please ask mother once no she had a very beautiful voice very soft voice you please ask mother once no if she says no i'll go wherever she tells me answer comes from the mother where else she will stay tell her to stay along with now you see she her action are never governed by any of the way now again we should not make this a format that oh this is everything is allowed no we just don't know how the divine will will operate once we understand this wideness this brings plasticity for one of the best exercises in plasticity is to live in the ashram for one month you will develop the wideness and plasticity when you won't understand figure out that who is a sadhak who is not a sadhak who is a devotee <laughs> plasticity and there is always enough opportunities a drunkard abusive man drugs and what not and i had developed this you know bachpan se tha ki daru peene wale log and you know air force blood I had a little tip with him and the abusive man one day sitting in the ashram i see him near the samadhi and i say my god he has love for mother how can i be cross with him and next day he came with a view to threaten me i say see look one one minute our fight stops here why he said um, i said i know you love the mother he said something which blew my mind off he said who else is there to love i said okay <laughs> now i don't have anything mother <laughs> and there was such a change actually we became friends so strange so there is no one way that this sadhana works through every small little detail that's why vigilance it's not about meditation it's about action meditation eating drinking everything the attitude and that's why we see the 12 outer petals in the mother's um you know flower uh, symbol all these qualities to be inculcated and life will give us give us an opportunity all this equanimity is a fundamental quality which shobindo stresses the mother stresses why because what happens in the absence of equanimity we are pulled back into the hole of the ego he said like this he insulted me okay i am going to see so the adversary smiles and says thank you my task is done equanimity like nalida after somebody has insulted him 20 minutes he heard He said, "Sheshwai geche, is it over? Can I go now?" And walks away. This is equanimity at every level. So equanimity, perseverance, patience, faith, endurance. Because this yoga is a thorough-going yoga. Super mind, by its nature, is perfect perfection. It is not satisfied that there are illuminations in the mind. It doesn't care a button if we have written ten books. it doesn't count all that okay that's fine that's about the mind how's your heart how's the vital how's the lower vital so it keeps on working thorough thorough going nature perfect perfection nothing short of that which means time which means endurance and this endurance has to stretch who knows for how long 
So if we have to endure a journey, you might as well do it with faith and happily. You see, because why? Because we know that the end of the journey is nothing else but a grand disclosure of the divine whom we carry within through every movement in thought and speech and act in breath and heartbeat and the very movements of the body through the limbs we'll have a grand disclosure of the divine within us and within the creation. So the whole journey is worth it. In any case, what else is worth it? Nirvana, selfish, meaningless aim. Personal experience of bliss, having grand experiences, again a selfish thing. Or living life as it is within the narrow human limits of ignorance, impossible even if we have a little awakening. So this is the wonderful divine project started from the time of the Vedic Rishis. It's the purpose for which creation has been created, if you want to use it that way, for the purpose of manifesting the divine. So half-finished creation, we think of escape. When we know the story which is going to come, then we understand that we are not meant to run away from the world, but to make this life perfect with the divine perfection. It is impossible if we don't take every aspect of life together. If we don't embrace life. So is nothing to be discarded? Yes, one thing is to be discarded. Artificiality, hypocrisy, falsehood, because supermind is truth. And tomorrow is the age of those who are courageous, who are satyavan, full of truth, who are surrendered to the divine, who live by the truth as it manifests in the heart. So these are some of the steps. And many, many things as we move on the journey, it reveals to each one in its own way. As I said, there is no one fixed format, psychic transformation followed by spiritual, followed by supramental. Many things can start simultaneously. And with each passing year, the action is becoming more and more powerful and prominent. How long will it take? The mother said a couple of thousand years. Disconcerting to people. Well, if you look at the journey we have crossed through with six pralayas, so we would say, oh, only a couple of thousand years for the complete supramental race to come. Oh, that's nothing. And we'll be happily singing on the way. Thank you. Yeah, thank you, Alabda, for your wonderful lecture. This has been truly enlightening, learning how one can realize the supermind just by surrendering to the mother and in all our actions and all our activities. We would now move to question and answer and discussions. Uh, Yamananji, you can go ahead with your question. Uh, namaste, Alokda. Namaste, Namaste. Uh, um, so one uh, thought uh, occurred to me during your uh, presentation today, uh, which is around uh, how do we approach uh, some of the key global issues um, that we are facing uh, as humanity. And uh, by way of uh, posing it as a question, you know, when we uh, go to the media and even when we go to social media, we often see a bias towards, uh, say, uh, blowing up um, sensational ideas, yeah. right? Whether it be around war or propaganda, climate change yeah. and polarization and so on. But then also a lot of people are becoming more and more discerning and also adventurous to kind of question it. And in some ways... Yeah. Uh, social media and even some of these uh, physical restrictions, but opportunities to express more freely have uh, changed yeah. the balance in a way, right? And on the other side, we see, uh, especially, and I do sense some of it myself, that uh, since the advent of Shurabindu and the mother, and um, you know, there's an accelerated churn which has been going on. And there is also a, a probably more breadth and depth of potentialities and 
faculties also which are developing in uh, in especially the younger people so what is the lens to kind of view some of these issues and how to be on the guard consciously to not be enamored by the so called halo of uh, depression and you know collective yeah, uh, yeah. fear and so on that's that's one and also uh, you know some of these systems are bound to kind of collapse right the way we have organized even in the collective so so what are your views on that you know being practitioners of integral yoga with this aspiration of bringing it in life and not merely uh reflecting on it in close groups yeah. uh, how can we be conscious of that thank you dada oh, thank you this is a wonderful question so there are two aspects of it which um, say in my field how i bring it out it's with scientific circles plenty of doctors with whom i uh, connect with and all that i see is that let's go deeper and deeper and look into the deeper truths so one thing which science admits and spirituality both admit is that we can't be living life based on surface appearances science itself and shubhendra speaks about it in uh, human cycle as well as the life divine that you see science by its nature is a quest for the ultimate reality so um, with doctor friends i say so you think virus is the last thing we know do we know something still deeper and then well we don't know so what it could be and then it comes to energy forms and that's a door through which they access the another term through which uh, human beings access in modern world is consciousness so uh, when we talk about global warming and everything else sector war and all this so my concern is uh, i speak to them is that there is a collective consciousness of humanity and let's also focus on that because if we don't focus on that then we may have a very neat and clean and perfect as shubindu says speaks about it a robo a machine which is just an exact and perfect and false so we don't want a world which is false world which is very neat on the outside but very hollow on the inside so that's precisely what shubindu spoke in the live divine that we are facing an evolutionary crisis and we can actually see as you rightly said that you know what he had predicted the world fair on the outside neat on the outside but inside it's hollow so the focus should shift or simultaneously at least that let's also people there will be people who will do things which are outside and they are probably you know meant for that but those who are awakening and awaken or on the road to that who are seeking something greater their focus should be how the inner mess can be cleared how the inner Uh, global warming can be you know contained how we can learn to live within in a state of perpetual harmony and peace and then extend it in our little lives he says that instead of big things win your small little victories and that victory is going to have repercussions the third aspect is that instead of approaching each problem piecemeal this is what we have been doing you see mind does it like that uh, now it's as you said global warming the problem with that kind of issue, approach is that the mind is great deception it can bring in so after some time you see countries who may be contributing to the pollution they are the ones who say speak about global warming and start uh, you know uh, other countries to stop their productions and so like mind brings tremendous kind of falsehood the mother spoke about uh, you know um uh, this false sort fear uh, greed for money uh, you know ambition coming into our international relations so instead of approaching piecemeal where a good thing is used for evil so this is what is happening so instead of that for instance with the global warming issue i would um, the other day i was speaking i said how would an indian approach it indian would approach it very differently or spiritual thought spiritual thought would say take earth as a living being Now, what happens when you take Earth as a living being? Would you throw plastics to cover it up? Would you chop off and denude her by 
you know robbing her of her dress would you you know rather not would you pollute the river so this was the way in indian thought in the ancient sanatan dharma this was the way it was brought out unfortunately sanatan dharma became again just a lip service with some outer rituals but if we bring the spirit of it if we worship the mountain i mean paganism was something so beautiful which was destroyed by the uh, you know uh, well christian onslaught and uh, subsequently the islamic invasion which destroyed this tendency to regard everything as sacred this sense of the sacred must return and why sacred not as a religious belief but because everything is living and conscious nityo nityanam chetanas chetananam so once we start bringing this thought then automatically then we don't have to say this issue that issue separate issue then we know what is needed sometimes even a war may be needed like the kurukshetra war but we will understand that is meant to clear up the consciousness of the earth let's take a war case scenario now there is a whole group of humanity which is threatening the entire mankind now of course one should not go to war indiscriminately but supposing it continues to threaten the life of humanity hitler's case when he was you know marching up people were oh so enamored of him uh, enemy of the british should be said just look at it i mean it's a civilizational problem is entire civilization will be plunged into darkness it's not just about britishers and indians and these people and a war and then he said how are you going to stop him by non violent means so sometimes it may be required that there are global pollutants of the mind and if people change wonderful but if they don't change a time comes when there may be a kind of a mini war needed and then it's okay because now there are no moral and these ideas that no you will never fight a war that's how the mind works you will never have this so instead of that uh, forever or never or either or we we should have one single compass and that single compass is that everything is impregnated ingrained with consciousness now we may use the word divine consciousness that's what she spoke about orobil we may use the word perfect consciousness well if somebody says that well i don't care about it i don't believe in it then well that's a different humanity altogether and it will find nature will find its own way to deal with that kind of humanity but to deal everything consciously because there is in it consciousness is the way forward in science and everything how do i deal with the virus is an enemy or simply a creature who has lost his track <laughs> there is a totally different approach even to tumors cancer cells i am talking of just medicine there are books written on this subject there are people who have tried to experiment that instead of see the moment you aggressively treat a malignancy which is beginning to spread see how it resists and flares up but instead if you treat it okay there is a problem to be solved there are some cells of mind which don't understand what they are doing of course sometimes you may need to take an extreme step but the whole approach should become one of a living conscious reality manifesting through matter once we understand that the rest follows including the human body the cells everything is conscious with that consciousness yeah thank you thank you aloka for so crisply explaining the root of the crisis that we face today and we are really grateful to you for again enlightening us in this year long course now with your permission we would like to end this session with one minute of silence thank you yeah now we'll sit for one minute of silence and then we can all disperse <laughs>